I drive to school to get work done. But today there is not a single car or bicycle in the lot. The white chalk lines burn. The sprinklers click, click, clicking across the lawns. I stride down the curving footpath that cuts the lawn towards Sir's big window in the admin building, a drab rectangle squatting on an asphalt slab, like a nursing compound or a prison annex. The classrooms are fully lit, another programming glitch, I guess. I walk under the cottonwoods. The leaves tremble. The sky is cloudless a blue-domed eyeball. I pause beside the cafeteria listening to the wind blow. Voices fading in. Must be the wind. I glance around. An oak branch yawns. A bird. Then a door bounces. I turn the corner, peer into the office, Nobody is there. Nobody. The electric fans swiveling in jerky arcs, paper streamers blowing, the printer lights blinking red. A terrible tiger mug still steaming, the laptop screensaver sliding photos of Sir and his toddler daughters across the screen. Sir is gone. Castro, Sir's secretary, is gone too. The lights on her switchboard blinking. Even the vice-sir is gone. Counselors, athletic directors, even the attendance lady who has not left her desk in thirty years. Offices open, chairs empty, radios playing softly. As if I had missed them all by seconds. Outside, I sit on Alex Martin's memorial bench. Few of the kids that sit there remember. The bell rings, ripping the day into fragments. The voices rise again. First, softly, distantly. Then louder, Doors opening, the children calling, laughing, running, the mob pulsing by. While the footsteps fall in front of me are crisp and real. The conversations pan in both directions. A vivid, teeming color burst of gusting laughter and angst. The tardy bell screeches like a barn owl. The doors bounce shut. And then only the hushed chitter of quivering leaves. I rise from the bench, head for my own classroom across the wet lawn listening to the squeak and scud of my own footsteps, listening to for something else, these hallucinations that are rising out of the heat, 
I take my keys from my front pocket, fumble through, find the lock, open the door. Dust floats in the light, gently swirling, glittering, the sharp gleam of the wax tile floor, the somber rows of wooden desks, silent in the silver light, like a fading photograph of a fifties classroom. And I step softly into that photograph, the living now, moving like a shadow across a petrified moment. When I see her, hunched over the desk down front, her head cradled in her arms, convulsing, crying, I think, but without a sound, just quaking like leaves, her red braids quivering up and down, red blouse, pink skirt rippling round her ankles. She is a blazing red flame in a silvery light. At first I thought, she's too young for high school, 12 or 13. Hello? Not wanting to surprise her, may I help you? She does not look up sobs soundlessly into her freckled arms, her face pressing against the desk, a moaning from deep inside her. Excuse me, I say gently. Are you okay? I place my fingertips on the desk beside her elbow. She feels my closeness. She stops sobbing, but she does not lift her head. I touch my thumb on her neck, above the collar of her red blouse, expecting her to bolt up, to look at me, but she does not move. A chill wind races through me. I hold my breath. A little more forcefully, I say, you should not be in here. And then, gently, but firmly, I lift her shoulder, pull her back to sit her up and look at me. When I saw her face, or what should have been a face, but was not one. No eyes, no nose, no mouth, only smoothness like the skin of a wet egg. A tiny red puncture, as if tapped with a dull nail where a mouth might have been. Stumbling backward, I fall to the floor, not breathing, the wind caged in my chest. Your name, 
I sputter, pointing to her. Is Penny. You sat there. Her head drops again. She moans. I run out of the room, collapsing to the concrete, sprawled under the beating sun. The doors to my room click closed. Another bell rings, but this time far away, as if one world is slipping away while another world rises. And the voices rise, the shuffling feet, the laughter. I stare up at the blue dome like an eyeball, cannot hear my own wind, only the terrible lonesomeness trapped inside of me. I saw a dead girl I once knew. Now I look up at the blue dome as children step over and by me, through me too. They never bother to look down. 